Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Dallas Cowboys. This is the Cowboys Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Cowboys Wire editor, K.D. Drummond. All right, KD, the, uh, I think the most dangerous place to be is under center for the Dallas Cowboys right now. I mean, uh, Andy Dalton takes another scary hit. There's all kinds of blowback about the Cowboys' response to that, leadership issues, Cowboys players coming out anonymously talking about the coaches. I know Jerry Jones came out and said some interesting things on, a, on an interview here just recently this week. So, man, we got a lot to catch up here on, uh, on the state of the Cowboys. But what we do know is they're 2-5 and five in the NFC East, and it just continues to kind of go off the rails. Let's start with... With the uh, with the Jerry Jones interview, like tell us about that that experience and where he's at right now with this football team. Yeah, so Jerry Jones has a weekly radio show. It comes on twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. He deals with a host on the flagship station of the Cowboys, one hundred five three, the Fan. And normally, you know, it's a the, the host, uh, Sean Shreve and RJ Choppy, they do a fairly good job of asking tough questions without alienating Jerry Jones. And they have basically everybody on. Jerry Jones is on. Mike McCarthy is on once a week. Stephen Jones is on a couple times a week. So the whole Cowboys brass do their radio shows on 105.3 The Fan. And this particular instance is following the Cowboys, just lethargic performance, 25-3 loss uh, to, the, to the Washington football team on Sunday. So, of course... Everything that has happened in the last couple of weeks came to the conversation. And first and foremost, like you mentioned, the Cowboys had the anonymous player leaks that Jerry Jones basically blamed the reporter, Jane Slater, who does a tremendous job for NFL Network covering the Cowboys. He basically blamed her for running with a story of a player saying that there were issues with the coaching staff not knowing what they were doing. Now, clearly, Jane Slater made sure that they could that she could go on record with this quote. So she did her job. But Jerry Jones last week was, was very... Uh, he basically blamed her for this becoming a story as opposed to blaming the issue in place. So he set himself up for questions of leadership after what happened on Sunday. And to set the stage, Andy Dalton was absolutely blasted illegally by John Bostic and no Cowboys player came to his defense. We're in the, we're in the middle of this week of a big time discussion on whether or not it's right for the Cowboys to have reacted in a way, which I think is ridiculous. Of course, the Cowboys should have reacted. Right. Somebody should have gone out there and tried to kick John Bostic's tail yeah. uh, over that hit. Yeah. And I want to get but your take on didn't. that later, so, for sure. We want, I want to talk about that. Yeah, we, 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 can have, we can definitely get into that later, but they didn't. So the questions of leadership came up today, uh, Tuesday, I should say. And Jerry Jones basically tried to poo-poo the idea that the Cowboys don't have a leadership issue. So the host pressed him. And his response, he cut them off and he said, shut up and let me answer, and was basically highly frustrated at the questioning of whether or not the Cowboys have a leadership problem. He is full-fledged on in support of Mike McCarthy. Everybody knows there are rumblings right now about whether or not McCarthy was the right man for the job, whether his entire resume is based on the talents of Aaron Rodgers, whether he earned the reputation that he has. And all of that is now in fair question because of how bad the Cowboys look. Now, Absolutely. if you ask me, the, the Cowboys offense is a disaster right now, but that's because of injury, not because of anything the coaching staff has done incorrectly. The defense is another story. I have issues with the Cowboys defensive staff. I have issues with the personnel that's on the defense. That is an abject failure on that side of the ball. But the side that McCarthy is directly responsible for, the offense, is not an issue. But overall leadership of the team, I think, is a fair question to be asked. And Jerry Jones did try to back back away from his comments on Tuesday when he, at the end of the interview, he basically said, you know, I don't have my general level of tact that I normally do. This is frustrating. We were searching for answers. But then he basically said to them, I have money and you don't. He said, don't <laughs> piss an old man off with a little money. It'll get you. So I don't know if that was a shot across the bow, a warning shot. 
to the station that he basically pays a lot of money to have uh, the Cowboys the rights to the Cowboys games, the pregame show and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if that's where he was going with it, but he definitely pulled out his wad of cash like Scrooge McDuck and was just <laughs> like, you don't want to mess with me when it comes to these things. So it's it's all bad right now oh, in, the yeah, Cowboys, no, it's in the Cowboys nation. Coming right off, it's coming off the rails. And like, good for good for the guys that, I mean, this is a weekly radio program. So good for them for asking yes. tough questions. But you, it's, it's surprising to hear him saying like, you know, guys that he talks with each week, it's surprising to hear him say like, shut up and let me, you know, shut up and let me talk. You know, that's that is surprising. But you know what? We shouldn't be surprised. Jerry Jones is the only owner, Katie, that I could think of that comes out and does pressers with reporters after games, you know, weekly radio shows like Jerry Jones wants to be out there. He wants his voice to be heard. He wants people to know what he thinks after all these games. So this is the stuff that just happens with Jerry. Right. We this is par for the course for him. But man, this was this was definitely a whopper. Yeah, it 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 definitely is. And the facts of the matter remain. The Cowboys are a bad team right now. They aren't really watchable the last couple of weeks. They've had to struggle. The two wins that they had were gigantic comeback victories. They've been basically getting blown out in every single one of their games, except for the week one game uh, against the Rams. Everything else since then has been downhill, and Dak Prescott was able to bring them back. Andy Dalton certainly isn't that. We can talk about that in a second. But people are turning off from the Cowboys and the Cowboys are normally a great draw. Their local rating was a 20.0 in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I saw that uh, stat that um, that stat come out early this week, which is ridiculously bad for the Cowboys this early in the season. So people are tuning out and Jerry Jones, who believes all publicity is good publicity, no matter what. So I don't know whether some of this is staged, take the pressure off the team. He's well known for doing things to try to take the pressure off of the team and put the focus back on him, rightly or wrongly. Sometimes in the wrong way, when the team is doing good, he wants a credit. But when the team is doing bad, he would rather people focus their ire towards him. So I'm not saying that I don't believe that he's frustrated. I'm just saying that I know that Jerry Jones will always take whatever opportunity to put himself front and center and sometimes to the team's benefit sometimes to the team's detriment but I think if he can make everybody focus on what he's talking about this week people might stop paying attention to how bad the product is on the field and they might still tune in to get those glimpses when Fox cuts away to the owner's box and shows Jerry three four times in the second half because of the frustration people that don't like the Cowboys still tune in to see how dysfunctional they can be and this might be part of that whole circus act that Jerry Jones does like even when his team is doing bad he will make sure that they stay in the public in the public eye no that's a good point that's a good point yeah just those cuts when Jerry's got his fists clenched and he's you know he's all upset in his box right yeah no, no doubt but you know part of Jerry's act is you know he's very proud right he's very proud of the decisions he makes he's not going to cut ties with Mike McCarthy no matter how much people might want him to if Dallas Cowboys fans media if people think that Mike McCarthy's not the guy I guarantee you KD Mike McCarthy's gonna be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys next year there's not a chance Jerry's making a move this year or in the offseason right do you agree with me on that yeah I would agree with you to a point I think the injuries give Mike McCarthy cover I think Mike McCarthy will be forced at some point whether it's mid-season or at the end of the season to part ways with some of the position coaches that are not working out I think that uh, from my perspective he has to find a new defensive coordinator Mike Nolan was I I say this all the time on every single show that I do on every podcast appearance on every guest show that I do Mike Nolan was not the guy that I wanted hired for the defensive coordinator position he has not done a good job coordinating defenses. So when you bring in the fact that 
You have a guy that hasn't done a good job in the past. Then you deal with the fact that there was a truncated offseason, no OTAs, no implementations, no mini camps, uh, short training camp, no preseason games to work all this out. Then you're dealing with the fact that you're bringing in coaches that he's never really worked with before, his secondary coaches he's never worked with before, his defensive line coach, uh, the linebackers coach. None of these guys Mike Nolan has ever worked before. So he's coordinating all of these position coaches, which are in turn telling all of these players what they need to do on a daily basis. When you have all of that formula put together, you could simply put the wrong mix together for this team. So I think that's what we're seeing now. The Cowboys injuries on defense don't compare in any way to what they're suffering on offense. So I don't really look at that as an excuse. Yes, they lost Leighton Van Der Esch and he was a middle linebacker and he was supposed to be the central point of your defense. Granted, I'll give you that. But the front office chose to walk away from Byron Jones, who is the smartest player on the Cowboys defense over the last five years. They chose not to bring anybody else in at that level to help with the secondary. They made a rookie cornerback CB1. It, it, it's the these decisions that they've made from coaching personnel to per, uh, to player personnel just have not been good. So I think that Mike McCarthy might get a pass. I think he will most likely get a pass. Let me put it that way. He will most likely get a pass. But if he is not ready to say, I've made bad decisions on who I brought in and try to make amends for that, that's when I think it could get scary. If the Cowboys lose the rest of their games, if they go 2-14, and 3-13, and 4-12, and 12, anywhere in that range, and they end up with a top pick, Mike McCarthy will need to make changes on the staff. And if he doesn't, I don't think that puts him in danger for this year, but I think that would put him on notice that if he refuses to change his staff and make an effort to improve in that way, the 2021 season, he could have a short leash going into 2022. So it does not necessarily mean that he'll see the the entirety of his contract that he signed when he when he came on board. But I don't think that you'll see Jerry Jones ever say one and done for a head coach. That would really shock me. Things would yeah. if they were losing with Dak Prescott still at quarterback and a healthy offensive line. Then yeah, I could see them doing that. But the injuries are a built-in and, and viable excuse for not wanting to make a change this soon. Yep, I agree. And as Katie said, Andy Dalton nearly got decapitated by John Bostic on that hit. It was a it was a dirty illegal hit. Bostic got ejected. The Cowboys did check on their quarterback on the field. I think everyone was kind of scared for him in the, in the moment when his helmet rolled around the field. And I think as Katie put, his helmet rolled off the screen. You couldn't even see his helmet. It just rolled away. Very, very scary moment. I know Katie's got opinions about the Cowboys' response. We'll get into that coming up next. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit them, start them. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends at a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. Corey Bonini with thehuddle.com here. Let's talk about week eight strong plays as we approach the critical times of the fantasy football season. Despite what has been an awful season for Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz, now is the time to get him into your lineup. The Dallas Cowboys are actually a statistically mid-range defense against quarterbacks in 2020, but the position has still averaged 25.5 fantasy points per game and has thrown 15 touchdowns in seven contests versus just one interception. Wentz has been a turnover machine in 2020. Expect that trend to be bucked this week. He has just enough weapons to be relevant in a fantasy football lineup. Not much has gone right for the New England Patriots on either side of the ball in 2020. Running back Damian Harris could be the bright spot this week against the Buffalo Bills. Injuries have plagued this defense, and Buffalo has given up 15% more fantasy points than average in the last three games, fueled by four touchdowns allowed in those three contests. With Cam Newton struggling so much throwing the ball, look for Bill Belichick to give it to the running game more than usual. The Seattle Seahawks have been a wealth of fantasy points for wide receivers in 2020. 49ers receiver Brandon Ayuk has a chance to shine in week 
week eight. Seattle has been hilariously bad against wide receivers in 2020, giving up 60.1 PPR points per game. The next closest team is Cleveland at 48.3. San Francisco just lost Debo Samuel for a couple of games with a hamstring injury last week, and you can bet Ayuk, who has been a consistent contributor as a rookie, will find various ways to perform up to par in fantasy football in week eight. Seattle has to focus on containing George Kittle, and that will give a lot of opportunities for Ayuk to use his speed down the field. Chicago Bears tight end Jimmy Graham gets a rematch against his former employer facing the New Orleans Saints. Tight ends have scored once a game on average versus this defense, and four different players have logged at least a dozen PPR points against New Orleans in 2020. Graham doesn't even need a lot of volume in this one to offer a better than average chance at finding the end zone in week eight. For all of your fantasy football tips, information, news, and advice, be sure to check out thehuddle.com. Katie, I heard some of your commentary on Twitter about this on Catch the Spade. You uh, did not like the response of the Cowboys offensive lineman in particular to Bostic after this hit on Andy Dalton. Now for some context, this isn't like hockey, right? We don't usually see like a response, like a f- guy's dropping the gloves and fighting. We, we don't see that in the NFL. And as Zeke said there, uh, you know, those tend to come with fines if you start punching guys. But still, there's ways you can respond to have your players back. There's different things you can do that are still within the realm of not getting fined, not getting suspended, that you can do to send a message. And you had a big-time problem with the way the Cowboys did, especially the offensive linemen. I'm going to give you the floor. Like, Why don't you share that with our listeners? Yeah, let me let me preface this conversation with the fact that I'm not some giant tough guy. I've been in a handful of fights in my life. I've been in fights for myself, and I've been in probably more fights to try to defend a friend yeah. than I have to defend myself. So I come from the point of view that I completely understand that violence is not always the answer, but it is ridiculous to me to think that in a sport where violence is the central theme of everything that you do, that the Cowboys would not be violent in response to somebody basically assaulting their quarterback. The idea that your quarterback, and whether it's Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton, Ben DiNucci, or somebody that hasn't even gone under center for the team yet, the offensive line's job is to be the bodyguard of the quarterback. And we've seen it played out in fictional movies over and over again because it's such a tenet of playing football, the offensive line protects the quarterback at all costs. So my big issue is that this group of linemen did not immediately come to the defense when their quarterback was assaulted. I understand that there's ways that you can deal with things. You don't want to get fined and all that. I give the running backs, the wide receivers, the tight ends a bit of a pass when it comes to that aspect of not wanting to get fined, it not being in their nature. But offensive linemen are in a street battle, a bunker battle every single play they sit there for the entirety of the game 100 of the snaps as long as they stay healthy against rotating defensive linemen so more than anybody else on the field they are are engaged in physical warfare every single snap for them not to have a physical and violent instant reaction to watching somebody assault their quarterback just sits wrong with me. And I, you know, I, I'm not a uh, a football player or anything of that sort. So I'll defer to football players. If, if a bunch of football players come out and say, I completely understand why they didn't react this way, I'll change my opinion. But from everything that I know of covering football for the last 10 years, the instant reaction to defend your brother, to defend your family member has to be an innate characteristic of somebody on the field especially an offensive lineman who has violence as a central theme to what they do. People have come out and said that 
you know, there's other ways to handle it. You let the NFL come down with fines and all of that kind of stuff. Y'all can miss me completely with that mentality. The whole point of playing football is to impose your will on the other team. When somebody in the middle of a game, every single play, you have people talking trash. You have people playing dirty, taking cheap shots, punching guys in the pile. All of these sorts of things are basically fundamental parts of how football is played the reaction that you have to have to another team basically saying we can do whatever we want with impunity and you won't have the testicular fortitude to respond to me in any type of way that is a big deal that is a core football if you get punked on the football field and don't do anything about it that says something not just to the team you're playing but to everybody that watches film everybody that puts on that tape i said it on catch this fade and again uh people can subscribe that's my paid podcast uh, myself and, and my co-host patrick walker that's on patreon.com catch this fade do it do you, it, can, do you it. can get subscribe. you can get some more you, you, you can get more of our insight there but a team has to, absolutely has to rally around their player to prove to the opponent that they will not be punked as a group. That is a fundamental tenet of football, and the Cowboys failed. I, I worry that will be the lasting impression. Screw the injuries, screw everything else. When people sit back and talk about the 2020 Cowboys season, it will be that team did not respond when somebody tried to take the head of their quarterback off. And, that, and that's a damning indictment for a team. It is, and we heard Demarcus Lawrence talk about the team being soft, at least on the defensive side of the football, and I don't know if soft is the right word here but here's why i think you're right katie because mike mccarthy said it mike mccarthy said it post game he's the one who brought yep. this up he's the one who said yeah i didn't like the response i didn't like that response you would, you would hope guys would respond a little bit better so mike mccarthy yep. came out post game he didn't have to do that that could be something he could do behind closed doors so mike mccarthy with all the crap that happened in that game and there was a lot i mean the dallas put up three points against the football team you know we haven't talked too much about how just <laughs> how, how atrocious that was that product they put out in the field uh on, on sunday but Mike McCarthy chose on the podium to go onto the microphone and say that, yep. to call him out. He didn't like it. So that's what you have to be right. Like, I don't think anyone is going to – nobody should shoot you down because their own head coach believes it. Yeah, it's 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 pretty funny that uh, the, the person – I don't want to call anybody out without a chance for them to defend themselves. So I, I, don't, I won't call anybody out by name, but – there are many aspects to covering football and data science is one of the growing fields. And I am wholeheartedly a supporter of analytics and advanced statistics having a major role in how football decisions are made. But there has to be some level of understanding that at its core, what football is. Football is a violent violent act repeated 75 times on each side of the ball every game violence is inherent in the sport and when you deal with violence at all times your ability to stand up for yourself and for your teammates for your brothers is paramount to how well you can do your job so i i think that that uh, goes without saying now on the level of what you brought up that's a very good point about mike mccarthy bringing it up himself in the press conference to me that helps shows how fractioned fractured i should say this team is agreed because again he didn't have to say it but a week after anonymous players are questioning whether the coaches know how to do their job it kind of rings out to me that that mike mccarthy would come out and basically call his players out you know so we're having back and forth and he basically said you know after the anonymous reports came out come talk to me my office is always open this is how we deal with things internally as a team and then when the players do something that is so egregious he decided instead of saying that's something we'll talk about internally uh, but he decided to share his opinion with the world that he was not satisfied with his team's reaction yeah. now he wasn't anonymous, that was you know what i mean mccarthy wasn't anonymous yeah. about it <laughs> there you go he put his name on it that 
that's very true. Uh, but but the bigger the bigger question is where is this team right now moving forward, and is it something that can be salvaged? They're going to have to go. Uh, we haven't heard uh, by by the time we're recording this show, we haven't heard whether or not Andy Dalton is going to play on Sunday uh, against Philadelphia Eagles. I would be shocked if Dalton plays before the bye week. Cowboys have two games left before their bye. So let him sit out. Let the rookie you know go out there and show what he can do. Ben DiNucci, seventh round pick. Not much hope for what he can do against the defenses of Philadelphia and Pittsburgh over the next two weeks. Uh, but there's not much hope when it comes to the Cowboys season right now. So play the young guys. Let Andy Dalton hold up. You don't want to risk anybody being back out there behind this offensive line just seven days after that type of hit. He didn't remember the play. And while he was okay, up jovial spirits after the play and it, concussions are different for everybody, I just I, I would be remiss to say that it's a good idea that the Cowboys should risk Andy Dalton's long-term health by putting him back out there anytime soon. All right, we'll pick this conversation up on the other side. We'll be right back. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of Sportsbook Wire and Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm joined by Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 8 Monday Night Football matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New York Giants. The Bucks at 5-2 and two are favored by 10.5 points with minus 115 odds. The Giants, 1-6, and six, are getting 10.5 points at home, minus 106 odds. They're also plus 390 on the money line. Jeff, is there any way listeners can take the Giants in this game? Oh, absolutely. I'm on the Giants plus 10.5. Tampa Bay will be without uh, one of its best wide receivers in Chris Godwin. And the Giants have covered seven over the last eight when getting double digits since 2004, including earlier this year against the Los Angeles Rams, who are a good team. Uh, get out of here. The Giants' offense, an absolute mess. The Bucks. They have won every game by at least seven points, four by at least 14 points, five different leading receivers. That Giants defense doesn't have it to stop them. Subscribe to Bet7 Podcast on your favorite app. Please be sure to rate and review. Just continuing that Andy Dalton discussion we had there, Katie, before the break. Another interesting like little topic is people saying, like, do the Cowboys really have Andy Dalton's back? Like, has he earned that thing with the Cowboys? What do you think about that narrative? Like, there is some questions out there like, hey, Dalton's a new guy. You know, we did see him, you know, maybe reaming out the uh, offensive line a little bit during the game. Right. So could any of that kind of sneak into their game? Maybe they don't have this guy's back yet because they don't feel like he's like one of their guys yet. You know what I mean? He's a guy that just signed with the team. Probably didn't think he was playing this year. <laughs> now he's out there. You know, Dak never gets hurt. And all of a sudden, Andy Dalton's like tucking in his jersey after Dak got hurt. He's like, oh, oh crap, I got to play. That type of thing. So uh, I don't know. I, I, you wonder if Dalton has the respect of his teammates. I I have no clue. I, I don't know if you have any insight or opinions on that. No, I, I don't have any insight on that. And that would be up to the players in the locker room to answer that question. Yeah. Honestly, I, I clearly wouldn't say it to the media. But internally, they have to ask themselves that question. But I don't care. I don't care how long he's been with the team. I don't care whether or not they like him. The fact that you go to war with these guys, and I shouldn't use the term war, that, you know, that's a old trite that, that, that we use when it comes to football. Football is not war, but they do go to battle. The fact that you go to battle each week with these guys, 
I don't care what your personal feelings are. The team across from you is trying to beat your brains in. And in this case, literally, they literally tried to knock that man's head off. You have to have his back. I don't care how much you hate him. I don't care if if Andy Dalton slept with your baby mama last week. When you're on the field in this situation, you have to have his back. So, yeah, he reamed them out. He was trying to get them to play. That's what quarterbacks do. Quarterbacks do that all the way down to the high school level, all the way, all the way maybe not peewee football. The coach will probably do that. But at least at the high school level and the college level, the quarterback has the autonomy to call out his linemen when they're not doing a good job protecting him. The Cowboys took six sacks. They took six sacks against Washington. Now, Washington has one of the best fronts in the NFL. They do. And, you know, we, we really don't talk about that aspect of their team very much. They have one of the best defensive fronts in the league, if not the best. Uh, they, they have as many first-round picks as you could possibly have. I believe four of their six guys on the front are, are first-round picks, including Chase Young, who is just a complete beast, and he is scary for the next 10 to 12 years in the NFC East. But when you're lining up against a team like that, to not have your guys back, that makes even less sense. You you have to have enough professional pride. You have to have enough animosity and in, just intrinsic into who you are that you're going to defend your team. Because if you don't have his back, if having the back of somebody depends on how much you like them when you're playing football, you're playing the wrong sport. And that might mean that the Cowboys need to seriously rethink how they look at the backup offensive lineman at the very least. Now, if Teron Smith was out there, if Zach Martin was out there, if Travis Frederick was still on that team, I don't think we'd have had these issues. Yep. I think it is definitely an issue more so with the actual people that were on the field at the time than a general issue with the team. I will say that. I think it has more to do with the personnel that was out there than, the gen- than a general malaise has set it over the team. We've seen Travis Frederick go at people. We've seen Zach Martin go at people, and Teron Smith is no joke either. These are guys that might be gentle giants off the field, but when it comes to between those hash marks, between those sidelines, these guys are going to get after it when it comes down to it. So, yeah, a lot of people are you know, can point to the fact these are undrafted free agents. They haven't been in the war, but they played in college, and I'm sure they were all stars on their college. Every player in the NFL was a star in college for the most part. Mm -hmm. These guys have had the opportunity to have to defend their quarterback before, so it should not be new to them that they should have done it in this this situation. So I can understand how people are saying maybe it has something to do with the personalities and whether or not they like Dalton, whether or not they feel some sort of kinship with him because he hasn't started. It shouldn't matter. Anybody that's on that team, they've been together since July. They've now spent the last four months together together anybody in that situation you're supposed to be fighting for all right there is a ball game this week there is a ball game cowboys go to the uh, philadelphia eagles and sunday night football so they're gonna stick them in prime time katie still sticking them in prime time the cowboys man they still get these this is what this is what it's like being dallas even when it's a dumpster fire you're still in prime time right i love it the eagles are favored by seven and a half we don't know who's starting at quarterback for the cowboys but it, it could be danucci as you said the seventh round pick i, I think maybe it, the time is now to jump on the seven and a half for the eagles right now if you're <laughs> betting man what do you think about that yeah this is one of those games i I told you at the beginning of the year i will never bet against the cowboys but i will certainly say which games i would stay away from you would advise i would stay away from yeah yeah, i I would stay away from the seven and seven and a half points in this one the cowboys have shown no inkling of being an offense that can score they've shown no inkling of being a defense that can stop anybody and we just saw what happened with one of the worst teams in football and one of the i should say one of the worst offenses in football they were still able to score 25 points against this team philadelphia all the struggles that Carson Wentz has had. Sure, he's not playing anywhere near up to par. 
uh, for what he's done to this point in his career, he is still very capable and he will be extra motivated to separate the Eagles from the Cowboys. A lot of people ask me, why are they going to flex this game out of Sunday Night Football? It's it's too late. They would have had to flex this game. <laughs> the NFL has a rule that you have to flex the game 12 days in advance. Yes, Sunday's games were changed, but that was because of a COVID scare with the Raiders. And the Raiders did not have a COVID situation that they were waiting to see. They simply couldn't risk canceling a Sunday Night Football game. So they moved the Raiders till the Raiders and the Bucks game away from Sunday night and into one of the early afternoon games. That's the only reason why they flexed the week seven game so late. The Cowboys could not have been flexed out of this game, even though it would be much deserving based on the viewability factor. I think people are going to be tuning in for a train wreck. I, I love the Ben DiNucci pick. Yep. He's not ready. He is absolutely not ready to go up against the Philadelphia Eagles defense on primetime football. If he changes my opinion, I would be so thankful, but I'm really scared that there's going to be yet another blowout, and this is going to be just the beginning of it. Because again, they have Pittsburgh coming the next week, and Pittsburgh, I believe, is the last undefeated team in the NFL right now, if, if not one of. I, I, I know that they're they're just dominating things right now, so I, I am very concerned about where the Cowboys are going to be in the next two weeks. Uh, but you know, hey, it, it might time be it, it might be time to start talking about the draft. Translation there, what Katie just said. Hop on the seven and a half uh, spread for the Eagles. They're going to cover the spread. <laughs> that's 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 the translation yeah. for Katie. I, I, I can never read. give that advice, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not going to say you're wrong. <laughs> you got to read through the tea leaves. So, okay, cool. I got to let you go here. I do, but Katie, you always. This is going to be a terrible pun, and I apologize in advance. But you always bring the heat on the podcast, right? And all and all your all your content, you always bring the heat. But did Mike Nolan? Did Mike Nolan really get Tabasco sauce in his eye during a Zoom presser? And this guy just can't get anything right, including his pressers. This this guy got Tabasco sauce in his eye. Is that true, bruh? <laughs> bruh? What the hell? Is when that? I saw when I saw those tweets start to go past my timeline, I said this can't be correct. <laughs> I said this, but but they kept coming. And then I saw the video, and he literally started rubbing his eye, and then he. Was was like uh wait a minute guys hold on and he volunteered the information like he, he volunteered the information this guy. that he had tabasco sauce on first of all why aren't you washing your hands there's a pandemic going Seriously. on wash your damn hands and second of all this how could anything be more emblematic of the cowboys 2020 season it's a metaphor than a deep uh, yeah it, it's it's certainly a metaphor for how bad things are that you can't finish a press conference because you've got something in your eye and your your eyes are burning when you're looking at the dallas cowboys product that they're putting on <laughs> the field it was yep. just it's the worst man <laughs> and that's how we'll end that that's just a perfect way to sign off right there oh my god mike nolan Dude, can this guy get anything right oh my god oh no, my goodness no uh, not that defense <laughs> that's 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 where we're at that's where we're at so, all right all right katie thanks thanks for uh thanks for all the uh, hot takes today <laughs> god i can't i gotta stop i gotta stop with the puns i do they're, they're terrible i know i know <laughs> hey man i pre- i appreciate i appreciate you have a good week all right all right we'll talk man take care This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.